So I think what, what B.J. Palmer was talking about here is all the stuff we've been talking about so far in this class, <clears throat> which is there's the, the whole point of the, of the word diagnosis is two, two choices, right? So, and whenever we start to cross over the yellow line, that means we're not in our lane. And the, the key thing that we need to figure out as chiropractors is which is my side of the line. Example, yesterday a mama comes in with her little newborn baby, two weeks old, having some constipation issues and some breastfeeding issues. So we've got to know where that yellow line is. One of the things that we as chiropractors cannot do is we cannot enter an orifice. It is written in the state law of Georgia, you cannot enter an orifice. Now, it doesn't mean that while you're in the school, you're not, you can do anything you want because you're very qualified to do any sort of examination. But in this state, as a chiropractor, not under the school license, but under the general license, then you're not allowed to enter an orifice. So when I'm checking her like sucking reflex, am I putting my finger in her mouth? No. I'm putting the mom's finger in the mouth and I watch, right? That is how I stay on my side of the line, right? So now, can I, I want to investigate to see how her mouth is working. So do I put my finger in the mouth? No, I have the mom put her finger in the mouth. Do I, I want to look in the mouth? Can I, I can open the mouth from like here, but I can't put my finger inside. And we have to know that. We have to understand that because we want to stay on our side of the line. The thing that I love about <clears throat> having this mama come in, well, first of all, she was pregnant, and I was adjusting her her whole pregnancy practically, and then she brings in the baby, and she brings in the baby saying, I don't want to do what they want me to do to fix this. I want you to fix this. So now my answer is I can't fix this, right? This, my job is to fix anything, but I'll make your baby work as good as the baby can. That's my job. Right? I don't want people confusing, thinking, I'm bringing my baby in for constipation issues, and you're going to fix my baby's constipation. Right? Because that's not what I do. I don't fix things. I don't fix autism. I don't fix constipation. I don't fix back pain. I don't fix anything. My job isn't to fix something that's broken. My job is to strengthen this child, find some weak areas, and strengthen the child, and make sure the brain and nervous system are working the way they're supposed to. <clears throat> Another case point. Child yesterday comes in who's on the spectrum. And the mom's like, I don't want to do what everybody else does with kids on the spectrum, which is medicate and do all kinds of drugs and all kinds of stuff. I don't want to go in that direction. That's what they, everybody else wants me to do. I don't want to do that. What I want you to do, and I love that she said it like this, what I want you to do is I want to maximize her potential. And I feel like our practice is that thing that we've been missing. Because what we want to do is make sure her brain and her system work the way it's supposed to. And she's listening to my podcast. She's reading my website. She's reading blog posts that we put on. And she said, you resonate. Your stuff resonates with what I want to do. And my thought process about that is, first of all, number one, obviously what we're putting out there in the podcast, what we're putting out there on the blog post, putting out on the website, is exactly doing what the job Right, because it's not exactly like, it's very funny, I was talking to some people a few weeks ago, some 
to chiropractors, and they said, yeah, we want to build a orthopedic practice, and this customer, and I said, well, what's, what do you have on your website? And I went on the website and it said like back pain, neck pain, car accidents, headaches, and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, this is an inconsistent message. Like if that's what you want to do, that's totally cool, but then that's your message. If your message is, I want to take care of adults with back pain, then okay, that's great. But then don't say you want to take care of more kids. If you want to take care of more kids, you better have something on your own. Like if you look at my website, it's kids, 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 kids. Doesn't mean I talk to just adults, although I get a lot of those questions. You still, like our parents will bring their kid to us and they'll say, can you take care of us too? Absolutely. Yeah, this Ruben family chiropractor, right? Not Ruben pediatric chiropractor. This Ruben family, so we'll take care of the whole family. However, that's how my practice works, is the kid comes first. And that's not how it's taught out there. It's taught what you should get the parents in. And they should educate the parents about why they should bring the kids in. That is not an easy job. Because the parents come in for pain, you're helping them with pain, and now you want to switch their brains. Much easier to get the kid in, because the kid isn't coming in for pain. The kid is coming in because, well, they might bring in, they might come in because of some symptomatic reason, but you're gonna eat that's an easy push up and say, we're not gonna take care of the symptoms, we're gonna actually make this child stronger, we think they're bringing the nurses to work, and that's an easy transition. And then they want to bring themselves in and the rest of the family. That's a much easier job in my opinion. So when I see this with BJ, it kind of reminds me of these things. And then I was also reading, I love reading articles and stuff. Look at this interesting article that came out this year in the Journal of the American Medical Association pediatric version. Association between screen time exposure to children at one year of age and autism spectrum disorder at three years of age. So now this paper is trying to talk about how kids uh, in this particular study seem to have a predilection of having autism if they have a lot of screen time when they're early and like they get by the year old and they'll have more autism later on. I don't really know if there's that much of a correlation between screens and autism. I don't think that that's the rationale. Because there's plenty of kids that I know that I've taken care of over the years who've had very little screen time and end up ending on the spectrum anyway. So I don't know that when I read this study, I think there's a lot of holes in it. But what I like about this study is it talks about the dangers of screen time. And so many parents rely on these things. Five or six years ago, this was not even a thing when people still had flip phones, right? Nobody. Maybe you get a kid a flip phone just to hold on to and push the buttons, but nobody really was watching a whole lot of videos five, six, seven, you know, years ago, and certainly not in 2007 when the iPhone first you know, came out. I think that that is it has been a dangerous change in kids. I have been seeing a lot of kids who are very negatively affected by screens. They can't get rid of these screens. They they have to have them. And what's and what's happening is even in their schools. They are being so bombarded with having to use screens because I have a lot of kids who don't have textbooks anymore. What do they have instead? They have iPads, right? So and I get that from a backpack point of view, much better idea, but they're on a screen all day long. So they're reading their textbooks, they're doing their quizzes, they're doing their homework all on screens, and then that's why, and screens create this kind of dopamine rush thing 
that every time they do something on the screen, they get a little reward. They get a little reward from with that dopamine rush, and that's what creates a lot of problems. I, now, is that a causative of autism? This article is trying to prove that it might be. I don't know if this is actually causative of autism, but I know it's a problem. I know it's a problem, and people can't get rid of their screen, and that's a huge issue. And here's another amazing article that came out recently. Detection of cognitive decline by spinal posture assessment in health exams of the general older population. What this study shows, and this is in nature, another very particular term, what this study shows is that as you get older, the more your head is forward like this, the higher your risk of cognitive decline, which means Alzheimer's dementia, etc. So, and what can contribute to that is what? We just talked about it. Screen time. Screen time. So screen time isn't just an issue with our little ones, it's with our little kids. It's an issue with us, as in adults, it's an issue with us because the more screen time you have, the chances are the more you're gonna put your head in this kind of posture, and the more you put that, your head in that kind of posture, the higher your rate of potential dementia, Alzheimer's, and other cognitive declines. So I look at that, I'm like, Wow, I like I want screens a lot more than I actually want to be, but I had to make sure through getting adjusted and exercise and making sure that I like I'm constantly thinking about my posture that I don't let myself get into that kind of position, right? And that's what we need to do for ourselves, and that's what we need to train our patients because our patients are stuck on screens, right? When I, when I, 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 I was thinking about this yesterday, I got this subscription service letter in the mail, and it said, you haven't updated any of your, your magazine subscriptions. I'm like, I don't need magazines anymore. Nobody, read, nobody reads magazines anymore in the office. They all come in and they pull out their phones, right? So I just throw that letter out. But it's fascinating because we used to get magazines, and we used to get magazines in the office that were only, that were magazines that did not have any drug ads. I purposely got at magazines with no drug ads because I didn't want people seeing all these different drug ads as they were coming, just what's so good and behind the people and all those kind of things. I didn't want so I purposely found, you know, more obscure-ish kind of magazines and fringe magazines so that people would not be focused on drugs every three ads that are in there. But this is the kind of stuff I want you guys to understand is that times are changing. We need to keep up with the times. The way we keep up with the times is by reading journal articles, finding journal articles like these two, to keep ourselves current with this sort of stuff, because patients are gonna ask about these sort of things. You need to be aware of this kind of stuff. And look how important chiropractic is. And I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was another similar article that, not, that did talk about, uh, that talked about spinal posture issues and lower mortality. So in other words, the better your posture as you age, the lower your mortality rate. The worse your posture as you age, the higher your mortality. So chiropractic plays such a huge part when you look at these sort of things, when you look at screen time, when you look at autism, when you, you look at posture, etc. This is the kind of stuff that we have built our profession on. And what we need to understand is that when we think about what BJ said here, when BJ said, don't be a yellow line chiropractor, 
he was talking about not just stay in your lane. He's, in my opinion, he was also saying, study that lane. Make sure that you understand that lane. If pediatrics is your thing, you better own it. If sports is your thing, you better own it. If geriatrics, you better own it. Whatever it is that you want to do, own it. Just because you graduated with a degree and you get a license doesn't mean you own it. It just means you got through, which is a hell of a good step, right? You got to get through to get to the next place. But that doesn't mean you're going to own it. The people that I see who are the most successful practitioners in the country, like as I went to the gathering, SBA gathering, the successful ones are the ones who are there, who own it, who live it, who breathe it, who study it. So just because, like, so many people like, can't wait to get out of school, so now they have to do this kind of reading again. No, 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 no. No, you, may, you can't wait to get out of school to get started to touch these people, but you're going to be reading forever. If you want to be the best, if you want to have the most successful practices, you're going to study, study, study. You're always going to keep on top of stuff because that's how you become successful. You don't become successful by coasting because there's only one direction you coast. Which way is that? Downhill. Right? It's constant work, constant keeping yourselves on top of these sort of stuff. That's what really makes the difference.